All right. So we're starting the book of Job. And uh, I want us to, to remember that in the last chapter of the book of James, James references Job. And he says, you have heard of, your version probably says the patience of Job. Um, probably isn't the best <laughs> way to, to say it because uh, as you read through the book of Job, Job was not very patient in his trials. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, but remember the word means patience, perseverance, endurance. So even though Job wasn't very patient in his, uh, in his trials, he endured his trials without turning his back on God. Okay. And so this is James's point. So as we turn to the book of Job, because I said I wanted to, to practically give us an example of how uh, we can work out what we've learned in the book of James. And so that's why we went to, uh, went to Job. Um, we have uh, taken these last two Sundays to kind of give an explanation of these foundational concepts that we have to remember from the book of James. The first three are what? From James. Concepts we had to remember from James. Nope. Faith. Perseverance through suffering. And justification. Okay. So faith. Perseverance during trials and suffering. And justification. Okay. Now, Kelly, what's the other three concepts? Sovereignty. Providence. And retribution. Okay. So faith. Perseverance through trials and suffering and justification and then sovereignty, providence and retribution. Okay, so we've taken the last two Sundays to go over those uh, six concepts because we have to keep those things in mind. Right. Those ideas are playing out throughout the entire book of Job. Now. Um, over the last two weeks, or last couple of weeks, actually, uh, since um, I've been asking people to read through the book of Job, um, everyone is repeatedly asking the same thing. What the heck is going on? <laughs> okay, that's my paraphrase. Okay. Um, everyone is, is cool with chapters one and two. Okay, we, we get it. Satan goes to God. God says, you can test him. Job suffers, okay? We understand uh, chapter 42, okay? Job repents, and he gets twice as many blessings as he had before, okay? Now, the confusion is chapter 3 through 41, <laughs> okay? Ch chapter 3 through 41, everyone is just like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. What, what, what's going on? It's just a, a bunch of rambling, <laughs> right? But like... Almost 40 chapters. So what I wanted us to do, want to do today is just give you a general outline of what's going on. Okay? I want you to, I'm going to give you a general outline of what's going on in the book of Job. And that way you can always have something to refer back to when you get lost. Okay? So it's just like having a, a road map. Okay? Now, now, the young ones, they don't understand because, you know, we just GPS everything or put something. But back when, when I first started driving, right, we had to actually have either a, a map 
or we would go online and print out the directions on MapQuest. And so, and so we'd be driving. Like, all right. And 1.3 miles, turn right. And so I, I, I would look at my, I would look at my odometer and be like, okay, like, all right. And I'm looking to turn. I'm looking for my turn. Okay, so so it's going to be the same thing here. Okay, I'm I'm just going to give you an overview, an outline of the whole book of Job. So as you are reading, how many times you're going to read the book of Job? Five times. All right. So as you are reading through or listening through the book of Job, you can always refer back and understand exactly what's going on. Okay. And um, after that, I'm going to give us the one verse in the book of Job that you have to keep in mind that will help you see, sort things out. Okay. All right. So real quick. Um, Generally, this is what's going on in the book of Job, okay? So first, there is a prologue, right? So there's just an introduction explaining everything that is taking place. Then we have a speech by Job. Job is, is complaining about what's going on with him. After that, we have three sets of dialogues, okay? So Job's, Job has three friends. His three friends show up, and they start... I'm talking to Job about his situation, okay? So you have um, Eliphaz, he speaks, then Bildad speaks, then Zophar speaks. And every time one of them speak, Job has a rebuttal, okay? So Eliphaz, Job rebuttal. Uh, Bildad, Job rebuttal. Zophar, Job rebuttal, okay? So three sets of, of those dialogues. After that, Job speaks again. After Job speaks for the last time, uh, as always, the young person steps up and says, y'all old people don't know what y'all talking about. Let me explain to y'all what's going on. Okay, and so Elihu, he uh, tries to explain why Job and all of his friends have got it wrong. Okay, And then after that, we have speeches from God. And God... Uh, comes on the scene and explains why everybody has it wrong, okay? Then there's the epilogue, there's the conclusion, how we sum all of these things up. Right. Now, each, let, let's run through uh, these chapters so that you can understand um, what's going on. So what I try to do is give a summary of each chapter, and that way, um, or each group of chapters, that way, as you're reading through, Right, some people are saying, I, I'm just reading, I'm in like chapter 23, and I, I just don't understand what's going on. Okay, so not only will you, are you able to refer back to, to this, try reading it in a different translation. Okay, so I know we are reading, uh, we always uh, read our scriptures from the King, um, New King James Version. Okay, um, but sometimes... Uh, our, our more literal translations don't always capture um, what is being the, the expression that comes across in Hebrew poetry. Okay, so you may want to switch to a different uh, version. Maybe read it in the message, right? Or read it in maybe the New Living Translation. Find a, a translation 
um, that is uh, easy for you to understand uh, what's, what's going on. And um, I think that would be helpful as well. Well, the Amplified Bible, right, right. Um, now, I will say you cannot study, right, using the, uh, the, the, the more modern translations like Amplified or um, the Message, New Living Translation. You, if you're going to actually study the passage, it would be better to use um, like New, New King James or New American Standard um, and then supplement um, the, your study by re adding those other translations in. Because, um, um, again, a, a lot of the more modern ones like, the, like um, Amplified or the Message, they're just paraphrases of the English translation, not translations from the original. All right. So, um, so if you're if you're actually studying, you want something that is being translated word for word from the original. Um, but for devotional purposes, or to to get a better grasp or understanding, if if the the you know more or the uh, versions are are difficult, then you can try to work with like the Message or the Amplified Bible, New Living Translation, things like that. Okay. Um, so, the prologue, the introduction, chapter one. Chapter two, everyone um, pretty much understands <laughs> all of these things. Uh, we have an introduction, okay? So we, we get to learn who Job is. We learn about Job's righteousness, right? Um, then you have this heavenly court scene where all of the angels, including Satan, come before God, right? And uh, we all know the details of that. After that, Job loses his possessions and his children. Chapter two. Um, there's, again, a heavenly court scene, uh, and then followed by Job losing his health, and then his three friends, or as Job calls them, his three worthless counselors, um, are introduced. All right. Chapter 3, okay, again, um, all, we're going, all I'm going to do is just walk, walk you through this. We'll start the sermons ne uh, next Sunday. I want to make sure that everyone has these. Um, these things. If you feel, if you need a, to ask a question, stop me, ask a question. All right. I want to make sure that we have this overview um, in our minds. Everyone has been in kind of a fog. All right. So I want to make sure that we um, have this, this cleared up. Why is it considered poetry? Because it's written in Hebrew poetry. That, that's just, that's just the <laughs> that's just it okay so um well let me say this technically i would say it is not poetry it um as if we're talking about the genre right so like the new testament you have um from uh romans through jude that's a, the genre would be considered a, an epistle right it's a letter paul paul and the others were just writing they were writing letters to um to people right um, of course, we recognize narratives are just stories. We see that throughout all of the uh, throughout much of uh, much of the Old Testament, the Gospels, the Book of Acts, all narratives, right? Um, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon's, right? We 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 categorize them as um, poetic books because um, they are just written as. Uh, um, in poetic form so you have like the um stanzas and and things like that um uh, as, as they, they've been written down however technically i would say that job 
Job, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, well, yeah, Job and Ecclesiastes, possibly the Song of Solomon, are, are technically what we would call wisdom literature. Um, it's written, we have them categorized in this section because it's written in poetic format, but it's telling you how to live wisely. So it's written in a poetic format, that's why we call it poetry, but it's still technically, co technically considered wisdom literature. Just like the book of James is considered wisdom literature because the, the, the goal of the book is to teach you how to live wisely. Um, chapter three, Job laments being born. Okay, so he was, he was holding strong in chapters one, two, and three. I mean, I'm sorry, chapters one and two, and naked, I came out of the womb, and naked, I'm going back to the womb. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, so we don't know how long Job suffered, right? It could have been, been weeks, months, could have been years. Um, but time has gone by, his friends come to see him, and he begins to, to lament and cry and complain um, that, he is suffering and going through all of these things. And specifically, he wishes that he had never been born. He ends um, with basically asking, why is all of this happening to me? And so his three friends, uh, being very wise people, know exactly why this is happening to him. And so this sets up these three sets of dialogues because they're trying to explain to Job why he is suffering. And uh, the, the more resistant Job is to their wisdom, the more forceful they become. Okay, so they start off being nice about it, and then he's like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. You're a sinner. That's why you're suffering. Okay. And so they just keep hammering, ham hammering him, and so he responds. Chapter 4 and 5, these go together. This is one speech by Eliphaz. Eliphaz is trying to defend traditional wisdom. Okay, so remember, we talked about this retribution principle. Okay, Tr this is the traditional wisdom of their time. They believe that those people who do good are always blessed. Those people who sin are always cursed. Okay, so if Job is suffering, it is because... He has sinned or done something wrong because if he had done what is right, God would never punish him. Okay, so again, they are the first prosperity preachers that we record, record in history. Okay, so, so Eliphaz gives, gives a defense of this retribution principle. Uh, chapter 6 and 7, Job complains that God and his friends have rejected him. Job says, I, I, I haven't done anything wrong. God has rejected me. So we're starting to see a shift in Job's viewpoint on God. Chapter 8. Um, Bildad asserts that God is just and Job is unjust. Job, do you hear yourself talking? God is righteous. You are not. Okay. Um, chapters 9 and 10. Job discusses the mystery of God's sovereignty and justice. Chapter 11, Zophar dis discusses the transcendence of God. So he said, talks about how God is, is, is lofty, he's high, he's seated on the throne, right? 
And what is your sin to God or what is your righteousness to God? You cannot hurt God by your sin. And your righteousness doesn't benefit God in any way. Okay, Um, chapters 12 and 14. Job discusses human frailty and transience and the arbitrariness of God. God is just random. We believe that God is consistent. He's always righteous, always just, always blesses those. But it just seems like God is just random. I've been doing all of these right things, and God is not blessing me. And it seems like the people who are sinning, God blesses them. God is random. He's not who we think he is. So that ends the first set of dialogues. Okay? You see, Eliphaz, Job, Bildad, Job, Zophar, Job. Ends the first set of of dialogues. Now, second round starts in chapter 15. Eliphaz questions Job's innocence and wisdom. Okay, so Job is protesting that he has done nothing wrong. He's saying that God must not be righteous. He must not be uh, um, consistent in his justice. So now they're going to kind of pressure Job a little bit more. Job, okay, you're, you, maybe you aren't as innocent as you think you are. Okay, so that, And you might not be as wise as you think you are. Okay, okay. Uh, Chapter 16 and 17. Job discusses the enmity and hostility of God. God has set me up as his enemy. God is hostile to me. God is not right. Okay. Uh, question. Yes, I think that Job is still sinning. So um, in chapter 1 and in chapter 2, it says that um, Job, in all of these things that he said, he did not sin with his mouth. I think that is specifically referring to um, what he says at the end of chapter 1 and chapter 2. So in chapter 1, he says, uh, verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22, in all this, referring to what Job had just said about the Lord, he did not sin or charge God with wrong. So I think it's specifically um, referring just to what Job says. He is attributing, excuse me, his pain and suffering to God, even though we know that Satan is the one who is bringing this stuff against him. Job attributes this pain and suffering to God. And the author is telling us Job is not sinning. He's not wrong. It has come from God. Now, that does not mean that every single thing that Job has said is not um, um, isn't sinful. OK, so from chapter three to where he ends in chapter 31. Right. Job says a lot of stuff that's wrong. God is God is not righteous. God is not just. <laughs> Um, God has set me up his, as his enemy. God is punishing me. I have done nothing wrong, so God must be wrong. And I need a mediator to go to court between me and God and figure out which one of us is right. <laughs> okay. So, so Job says a lot of things that's wrong, you know, in the middle chapters. So that when we get to the end, right, 
God starts off his speeches correcting Job. And by the end of, of chapter 42, Job is repenting, right? He's confessing and turning away from his sin. So Job does end up sinning um, with the things that he says. But technically, God is not angry with Job because Job is wrestling, right? He does not turn away from God. He's wrestling with his pain. So you have to remember there are many things throughout the book of Psalms that we call lament psalms, right? So this is all Job is doing. He's lamenting. He's complaining about his his circumstances. He goes too far in his complaint, okay? But um, God is not upset with Job for his complaint and his lament. God is trying to correct him because he starts off by saying, will you maintain that you are righteous so that I can be condemned? Right. That's God's issue. You're not going to slander my character so that you can look good. So we have to learn how to lament and, 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 and cry and complain about our circumstances, even to God, without crossing the line with and, and slandering his character is the is, is the issue but job did sin in that mm-hmm. we have no idea who wrote the book of job um some people um believe that moses wrote it but there's really no way for us to to determine who wrote who wrote the book of job just like there's no way for us to, de- to determine when the book of job was written um the events of the book of Job probably took place um, before or during the time of the life of Abraham, but we just, we don't know when it was written. We don't know who wrote it. And some people say Moses because of when the events sh- would have ha- have occurred. Um, and since he wrote all of the stuff about the life of, of Abraham and things in the book of Genesis, he probably wrote this as well, but we just don't know. Una. Yeah, we we do we ha- we do not know for certain who wrote the book of Job. Hmm. What do you mean? Can you go too far in pain and suffering? Hmm. And gets back up. There you go. A righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. So that got, yep. You you can be righteous and and still fall. Well, remember, okay, so when we say a a person is righteous, we're talking about justification, right? When we say someone who, a person is just, okay, it's just another way of saying a person is righteous. We're talking about justification. So remember, there's three aspects of justification. God declares us righteous. Those who have put their trust in Christ, God declares them righteous. But it is that person's responsibility to demonstrate that righteousness in, in their own life. The third one is on the day of judgment, God will pronounce his final judgment publicly um, before everyone that you are indeed righteous. So I, I think that um, in, in, in a sense, yes, 
God declared Job righteous, but that's the whole point of the book, right? Job has to demonstrate it. Satan is saying, God, you don't know what you're talking about. Job only serves you because you have given him all of these blessings. So if you take all of his blessings away and make him suffer, he'll curse you to your face. And God says, put him to the test. <laughs> right? And so that's what the whole book of Job is about. Job, through his life, has to demonstrate what God has said about him. And he does demonstrate that. Job is, is righteous. He wrestles, right? It's not like he's like, oh, well, killed all my children. Don't personally care, <laughs> right? It's not like he, when he gets sick and he's like, oh, thank you, Father, for all of this pain. Okay. Right. He, he wrestles because he's in pain. And righteous people can wrestle and hurt and, and their faith can be shaken. But at the end of the day, they will not lose their faith, ultimately lose their faith in God. Last, part, last question. Um, I wouldn't say that it was, it, it was like Job, um, because I, I don't think that, well, in a sense, let me say, in a sense, it could be like Job, right? Um, Jesus, of course, is, for, is fulfilling prophecy. So all of the statements that he's making um, were, were prophesied, like in Psalm 22, right? He, he's quoting from Psalm 22 when he's on the cross, when he says, um, uh, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, so in, in, in a sense, in his humanity, right, he is expressing the rejection and separation that he's feeling from the father, right? Because the father literally turned his back on him. And for, for all of eternity, he had experienced this relationship with the father, right? Even John chapter one says that he is, is in the bosom of the father, right? And the ideas of, 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 a, of a child that's being nursed in, 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 his, um, in his mother's womb. Like he was that intimate and close with the father for all eternity. And now the father has to turn his back on him. So he is, he is really just expressing the rejection that he is feeling from the father. Like the father, he feels the father has walked away from him. In a sense, he did because God is too holy, Habakkuk one thirteen to even look at sin, right? So he had to experience the rejection that we deserved. I wouldn't say that it's like, uh, so in a sense, it's like Job. Job felt this rejection from God. Jesus felt this rejection. But ultimately, I would say that it's not like Job because Jesus' faith wasn't shaken in the Father. Jesus knew exactly this is what I came to do. I had to experience this. It still hurt when he experienced it, but his faith was never shaken and he never questioned the father's character or motives or anything like that. So um, so in a sense, I could see what they mean, that it was kind of like Job, but ultimately I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't state it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Right. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So in a sense, God said, like Job, you can do anything you want to him, just don't kill him. God said to Satan, kill him. <laughs> right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's so remember the Bi- the books of the Bible are grouped in in sections. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they hold a, a logical place because it starts off talking about the the creation of the world. It would it would seem odd if the first book of the Bible started with there was a man from the <laughs> that lived in Uz, and he was righteous. He'd be like, well. Like, when did all of this happen? And then, like, the second book says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You're like, somebody should have switched that around, okay? So, nope. Leviathan. Behemoth. Right, but remember... The, the books of the Bible are written in a, uh, are, are not written, they are organized in a logical fashion. So you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Tells you about the creation of the world. Tells you about the, um, the, the origins of the nation of Israel and how they got to, wi- to where they are, right? Then you have your, so those are the, the Pentateuch, right? The Pentateuch, first five books of, of Moses. Then you have your historical books. It ends with Moses dying, Right. And they need to enter the promised land. If they inserted a book about Job, you'd be like, where did this come? Like, where is this coming? Like, who is Job? Why is he in the promised land? <laughs> like what? Like what's going on with that? So they just continue with Joshua, Judges, Ruth, you know, so like to tell the history of the nation of Israel. Then they come after they tell you the whole history of the nation of Israel. They put in the poetic books, books that these are all written in poet poetic form. So they just grouped all five of these together and, and, and inserted them there. Then you have the prophetic books, which technically all these events are taking place during the historical period. But we just put all of the prophets together. So they just they just grouped them for, for the content that they had. <laughs> Joe wrote his own book. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Joe wants to say, let me tell you what I've been through. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. <laughs> it's possible that, it, that, that he wrote it. To know all of the details, right? Right. Now, I don't believe that all of that that 
Job and his friends said everything in the book the way they said it. Okay. I, I don't think that they, they, they sat down and had a conversation in poetry. <laughs> right. I, I think that, that these, these conversations are a poetic revision of the actual conversations that they, that they had. Some people speculate that Job was a king. I mean, it's possible, but we don't know for sure. I think it, in um, one of the chapters, which chapter is it? It might be around maybe chapter 12 or something like that. There's a reference to how he was, he was sit, right, he, w- he would um, sit as the head among the princes or something like that. And so people speculate that he was a, that he was a king, but I, we don't, I don't know if, if that's accurate. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Wait, Nala and, and then Tanya. He at, he went to heaven. Job went went to heaven. By the end of the book, he had you know repented and confessed that he was wrong and that God was right, and so he is in heaven. I don't I'm not sure. In the in the chronological bible, the chronological bible um Miss Dorothy, can you I'm on my desk and grab my grab my chronological bible. It's all, all my bibles are right on the on the desk. You'll see it. Um I I have no idea where <laughs> where it is on in the in the chronological bible. So now the chron- a chronological bible is is not the books are not organized in the same way as our regular Bible. They're, um, they're organized um, based on what, when they would have occurred, right? So, um, um, so they take the actual timeline of when the events would have occurred. So it's li- the prophets are all together. They are intermingled between the historical books. Possibly. Yeah. And the reason that we say that um, that his life uh, would have taken place around the time of Abraham is because when he starts to when when in chapter one, when when it explains his. um, In chapter one, when when it explains his uh, uh, his wealth, it doesn't use terms of money. It talks about the number of livestock he has. So it is early on before money was was introduced into 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 Palestine. So his life would have would have been his his life his these events would have occurred either around the time of Abraham or before the time of Abraham. Because even in Abraham's life, he was using shekels and, and money. So it probably took place before uh, the life of Abraham. Um, does it say? Any other questions while I'm looking this up? I might have to look this up after church. 
Good question. Um, they were not Christians <laughs> because Christians uh, didn't uh, come around until after Jesus died on the cross. Okay. <laughs> Trick question. Um, they were not Jews either, right? Job was not from the nation of Israel. He was because remember, the nation of Israel did not exist yet. There were no Israelis. There were no Jews. Okay. He did not live in Israel. Right. The land of us would have been um, what we call like uh, the land of um, Edom at, um, at this time. So. Um, so they wouldn't he would they would not have been a Christian, a Jew or Israelite. Now, you're saying it was she a Christian because she told Job to just curse God and die. I think um, what's happening here is if you notice Satan is not mentioned after chapter 2 of the book of Job, right? Um, however, I think that Satan is orchestrating all of these uh, events that are taking place. So Satan was definitely using his wife, right? Because he told God, if you take everything that he has, he will curse you to your face. And then his wife comes along and says, why don't you just curse God and die? Right. So you gotta be you gotta be real careful who you marry. <laughs> 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 you gotta 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 have the right one. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, um, but I also think the same thing is true of Job's friends, right? Now remember in chapter four, when when the friends um start talking, um Eliphaz starts off by saying, At night I had a, a vision of a spirit, right? He thought it was God, come, came to me and said, and he started talking about what the spirit said to him, Job is sin, Job is wrong, okay? I think that, again, even though Satan is not mentioned, we see several instances throughout these conversations where they feel like a spirit has come to them and say something. I think that that is the devil, try, you know, implanting these, these thoughts in their minds so that they can attack Job to try to get Job to turn his back on God even though they did not know that they were being used by the devil. So I guess you could say, were they, were, did, is his wife in heaven? Is his friends in heaven? I would probably say, yeah, because Christians let themselves be used by the devil all the time. <laughs> no, what you going to say? Okay. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I was trying to find specifically where Job is listed in the chronological Bible. But yes, it would have happened in the same time period. Yeah. As as the events of Genesis. I'll, I'll find, find it in here for you when I, when I finish, because it's not the table of content doesn't list it out specifically here. Um. Mm-hmm. Sure. Thank you. Um, any other questions? If not, we'll go back to the to the or, to the order. Um, so uh, verse eighteen, chapter eighteen, Bildad discusses the fate of the wicked. Okay, if you wicked, you're going to hell. Okay, that's his point, right? You're going to die. 
You're going to go to hell. Okay. Um, chapter 19, and I think that's the same, that might be the same, same, same uh, section where they, they said, Job, that's why your children got killed. I'm like, oh, man, these people, yeah, they're gangster. I'm like, Job should have just punched one of them in the face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, right. He had no strength to do it. Um, chapter 19, Job challenges God to clear his name. I want to go to court with God. I, I want to go to court with God because I, I need God to clear my name. Okay. Um, that doesn't really end too well for Job when he gets that uh, court hearing. <laughs> with God, but he wants he wants God to clear his name. He wants God to come and say, you know what? Job is righteous. Job has not done anything wrong. Okay. Um, ver, uh, chapter 20, Zophar warns Job that retribution will come. Be careful what you ask for, Job. <laughs> God is going to repay you. Chapter 21, Job asserts that fate doesn't always follow virtue. Okay. That ends the uh, the second dialogue was just Job just saying that, you know, the righteous don't always get blessed. Sometimes the righteous suffer. And, and sinful people are, on, are not always cursed. Sometimes sinful people are blessed. Okay. Which is, you know, apparently true. <laughs> Seeing as though most of the Christians around the world are not rich, and some of the unsaved people around the world are. Okay. <laughs> chapter 22. <laughs> the last set of this dialogue. Chapter 22. Eliphaz attacks Job for his sin. Okay, so whereas they were just trying to be very polite about Job, you might not be innocent. Now it's, Job, you've done something wrong. The reason you're in this situation, excuse me, is because you have sinned. Okay, so now they, they've moved from trying to comfort Job to insinuating that he might have done something wrong to outright accusing him. And as a matter of fact, in some chat these chapters, they say, Job, you are wicked. You have taken food from the uh, from the poor. Right? Sounds kind of like we do today. It's just like the only reason that you're rich is because you've taken money from the poor. Okay. Right? So that. So that this is what they're accusing Job of. Chapter 23 and 24, Job wrestles with the problem of God's justice. Chapter 25, bless you, Bildad discusses God's power. Chapter 26 and 27, Job speaks of the mysteries of God's power and providence. And Zophar, he taps out. I don't have nothing to say. Right. So Zophar does not even speak when um, in this last dialogue. So instead of of Zophar speaking, there is a poem about wisdom. Uh, we are not sure if, the, um, if these words are the words of Job. It appears to be the words of Job. Um, um, well, let's say some scholars aren't sure if these are the words of Job. They speculate that if you just rearrange some of the chapters, that this is Zophar's speech. Um, I, I just don't see any of that. Okay. It's just a speech on wisdom, probably spoken by Job. Now, Zophar doesn't speak, so Job gives one final defense. In chapters 29 through 31, 
Job defends his way of life and integrity. So he just he just goes on a rant, clearing his own name, right? Then, as uh, I said, Elihu, right? He's just a probably just somebody who just um, sitting back listening. You know how the saints do, all right? <laughs> right, right. People, just, people, people be having conversations, and people just be like. What's going on over there? <laughs> right? Um, I saw. <laughs> I don't know why in my mind. I saw. Um, I saw this thing on. Um, on I think it was on Facebook or Twitter. It was a. It was a, a, a picture of a, um, of a of a cat, and it said how Christians be uh, be looking out the windows when they hear their neighbors arguing. And he's like. <laughs> 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 the cat was like. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so so Zophar is sitting here listening to this conversation, minding their business, and so he decides, none of y'all know what y'all talking about. Let me explain to you real wisdom. Okay, this is what young people do. Chapter thirty-two and thirty-three, Elihu condemns Job and his friends for misunderstanding God's justice. Look, Job, you're wrong. Three friends, you're wrong too. You do not understand God's justice. Chapter 34, Elihu defends God's governing of the universe. God knows how to govern his world. Chapter 35, Elihu asserts God will not appear to Job. Job, you keep asking for God to appear to you so that you can question him. God will not appear to you. This is proof that God is not speaking through Elihu. Because God does show up. And Elihu disappears. <laughs> because at the end, you see Job's three friends, but, you know, Elihu must have had an appointment. He just, you know, moseyed on along. He eased on down the road. <laughs> uh, chapter 36 and 37, Elihu dis discusses God in terms of creation and providence. Okay, Now, chapter 38 starts where... Um, the end of Elihu's speech, he starts talking about uh, a storm that's approaching, <laughs> right? And then come to find out, the storm is God, right? And so God rolls up as a tornado and just starts talking to him. And Elihu probably just was like, oh, I forgot I got something to do. <laughs> he, ro he rolls out, right? Job's three friends appears to roll out too because Job has to go and sacrifice for them, okay? So it seems like everybody just rolled out, like, this is between you and God. <laughs> right? And they, they, they got out of there, okay? So God shows up and starts off this conversation with Job, talking about, you know, y'all don't understand anything you all are talking about. Remember, Job says he wants to question God so that J God can give him an answer. Chapter 38, verse 2. I'm going to question you, and you will answer me. And so then God rams off all of these questions. Job says, um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm putting my hand over my mouth. God goes on for another, <laughs> for chapters 40 to 41, questioning Job again, right? And by the end of the questions, Job says, I didn't, have, I didn't know anything I was talking about. I repent. I'm sorry. So God questions Job. He starts talking about 
animate and inanimate um um creatures, right? Job, where were you when I created the universe? Can can you tell me what the what the earth hangs on? Now, of course, Job was not going to say, "Well, God, there's this thing called gravity," <laughs> right? Job didn't understand any of these things. W- what does the earth hang on? Tell me, is it by your power that the eagle soars? Right. So God, qu- God questioned him about all of the things that he has created, asking Job, Job about his wisdom, or rather lack of wisdom. Chapter 40 and 41, God asked Job, can he subdue behemoth and leviathan? We'll talk about what behemoth and leviathan are later on. There's a whole bunch of different views on, um, on that. Then we get the epilogue or the conclusion, right, uh, which is chapter 42. Job repents and is restored, and then Job intercedes for his friends and receives greater prosperity. So that is the entire outline for the book of Job. So as you are reading through the book of Job, if you get confused on what's going on, you can refer back to, to this see where you are in the um, in the order and you can also have this summary of what the chapter is trying to um, to explain to you one last thing I want to give you before um, any questions about that before I give you the one um, one one verse you got to keep in mind oh y'all trying to get out early today <laughs> all right turn to job chapter one turn to job chapter one We'll talk about this verse uh, next week, but you have to keep in mind uh, this one verse, okay? As we are working out, you read your way through the book of of Job, keep this one verse in your mind, okay? Let's start reading at verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth and a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Verse nine. Now this, this right here, you can circle verse nine as This is the theme verse for the whole book of Job. This is what every single chapter and discussion, conversation is all about. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Okay. Now you can continue down with the thing about putting the hedge of protection, all that other stuff. but, But this is what it's about. Why does Job fear you, God? Now, Job can fear God for absolutely no reason, right? Which is, he just fears God because he loves God. That's Job's only motivation, right? Or he can fear God so that he can get benefits and blessings, right? Now, if Job only fears God because of the benefits and the blessings, then Satan is right. 
Now let me show you how this works out in the um, throughout the book of Job. Remember what the retribution principle says. It says, and, and, and don't think this, this retribution principle is wrong. It is right, okay? God desires to bless those who are righteous. And God desires to punish those who sin. Is that, is those two statements wrong? Are those two statements wrong? No, they are absolutely correct. God is a God of justice. He desires to bless those people who are righteous, and he desires to punish those people who sin. Okay. The problem is, does God have to bless every single righteous person now, right? Or, you know, the pros that's the prosperity preaching, that if you pray right, you have enough faith, you give enough money to me, so I can get my Bentley. If you do that, God's going to bless you right now. Okay. Or does God have to bless you sometime between now and all of eternity? <laughs> and if you sin, does God have to punish you the moment you sin? Or does he, can, can he punish you anytime between now and all of eternity? So it's not that this principle is wrong. It's that his friends don't understand the application of this principle, nor does Satan understand the application of, of, of this principle. Right. So does Job fear God for nothing? And this is what his friends are trying to get Job to do. They're saying, Job, God desires to bless those people who are righteous. He wants to punish those people who sin. Now, the flip side is, if you are suffering, it is because you've done something wrong. And if you are prospering, it is because you are righteous. Now, the second set of questions, is that absolutely true? No, because there are a whole bunch of sinners that are absolutely prospering. Look at Bernie Madoff. For decades, stealing $50 billion riding around on private yachts and all kinds of stuff, right? Sinning, but he was prospering. And there are a whole bunch of people who live righteously, and they struggle. Now, think of what, what, what his friends were telling him. Job, you had to do something wrong. All you got to do is admit you did something wrong, and God will bless you again. Just admit you did something wrong, Job, and God will bless you. Because if you repent, that's a righteous thing, and God is going to bless you. You'll get the benefits back. Now, if Job had said, you know what, you're right, God, I must have did something wrong. That would have proved the devil right, that the only reason Job is staying around is because he's waiting to get something back from God. But Job didn't do that. He maintained, I didn't do anything wrong. Now, he went too far by saying, I didn't do anything wrong, so God must have did something wrong, <laughs> right? But he maintained his integrity. Remember what his wife said. Why do you keep maintaining your integrity? Just curse God and die. 
I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to admit that I did something wrong when I know I didn't do anything right, didn't do anything wrong. Because if he had confessed just to get the benefits back, he would have proven Satan right. Okay, so that's what the conversations are about. That's what every conversation is about. Job, you did something wrong. Just repent. God will bless you. I didn't do anything wrong. Job, just say you did something wrong so God can bless you. Didn't do anything wrong. Just say you did something wrong so you can get the blessings, Job. Don't you want to live? You want to keep being it? You, you want to keep having this pus running out all of your sores and then it dries up and you got to get the pottery and scrape off the ashes? You want to keep doing that, Job? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and because he maintained his integrity, he proved he was not serving God just for the benefits that he just stuck around just because he loved God. Anyone want to see that? All right. Questions? It's not my fault y'all not getting out early. Kelly. <laughs> Part one of your last question. Go ahead. Right. That's well, yes, we're going to spend spend a couple minutes on 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 the application of, the, of this verse. Right. Because I'm going to ask you, why do you serve God? Right. Satan is asking God, why does so Job serve you? Right. That's the question each one of us has to answer. Right. Why? Do, why do we serve God? And I think that um, you're right. The problem is the way we one of the problems is the way we explain salvation right we we explain salvation as a benefit that we that we get from god um we explain it as um like fire insurance it's like you want you want to go to hell i don't want to go to hell all right pray this prayer all right well what i gonna do after that nothing all you got to do is pray this prayer and you won't go to hell it's like okay we'll pray this prayer god forgive me my sins you know, come into my heart, you know, save me. Amen. Okay. All right. Now you saved. you're going to heaven. All right. Now we need you to come to church. Whoa. You said all I had to do was pray a prayer. Well, we need you to read the Bible. You, uh, you said all I got to do, you got to stop sinning. You said all I have to do is pray this prayer. And God was going to just dump salvation, salvation on me, right? Um, now, we add to, because a lot of times people come to, come to Christ, we're like, 
Oh, man, my marriage is falling apart. Oh, I got this problem. Oh, I'm sick. God wants to fix your marriage. He can heal you. He can do all of these things. Oh, yeah, just pray this prayer, and God is going to do all of that stuff for you. And then you pray the prayer, and then your marriage still be messed up. <laughs> you, you, still, you still don't get healed. N- nothing works out for you. Like, man, this salvation thing. And we walk away. Right? Because we're only serving God to get something. Whereas you're supposed to serve God whether he blesses you or not. Right? Um, listen to what, 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 what does Amos say? <laughs> listen to what Amos says. I'm sorry, in, in the, the last few verses of, ne- of um, Micah says, wait a minute, am I wrong? My Bible, it is Amos. I'm looking like my Bible opened up, the, and I'm like, I had it bracketed, and I'm like, that ain't it. Am I crazy? Maybe my I hate when I read something and then I'm like, that ain't it. <laughs> um There we go. Last three verses of of Habakkuk, my bad. He says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. Okay, so if, if God takes all of my blessings that I work for, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. So routinely throughout these passages, they just say it doesn't doesn't really doesn't really matter if God blesses you or not. He he wants to, he's going to bless you. But if he doesn't, you know, if you just happen to be that one person that not one person, it'd be like the millions of people, like Hebrews eleven, they died in faith not receiving the promise. You still are supposed to serve God. But here's the problem. What we tend to do is we say stuff like when we're going through things, I'm not worried because I know God has something better for me. He may not. He may not have something better for you. He, He may just want you to to struggle with this for the rest of your life. And if that's what he wants, you still going to serve him? Because the statement itself, I know I'm okay because God has something better, is a statement of serving God only for blessings. Because I'm going to be faithful because I know he has something better. So if God comes and says, I ain't got nothing better for you. (laughs) I ain't got nothing for you. Most times we turn and go on and do our own thing, right? So 
I agree that I think part of the problem is the way we explain Christianity. So this is the way, because you asked, well, how are we supposed to do it? I think that we're supposed to do it the same way Jesus did. Jesus did not go to people and say, hey, you want to, you, you know, you want to go to heaven? You want to go to heaven? All right, pray this prayer. Jesus came and said, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Nobody who comes to me and turns their back on me is worthy of me. If you don't hate your mother, father, spouse, your own life, you're not worthy of me. But, but, but Jesus, I want to come and follow you. But my father just died. Can I go bury my father? Let the dead bury their own dead. You come follow me. Jesus, what can I do to have eternal life? What does the commandment say? It says, honor your mother and father. Love the Lord with all your heart. All those things, I've, I've done all those things from my youth. What else do I lack? Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and great will be your reward in heaven. He's like, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Right? And he walks away because Jesus' point is that if you have fulfilled all of the commandments, you would have no problem selling what you have to help the poor. Because that's the purpose of the law, loving your neighbor as yourself, or the second part of the law. But when you say, no, nah, I'm not interested in that because it says he had great possessions, right? Not one time. Do you see Jesus, oh, wait, 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 come, come back, come back, come back, look, come back. No, 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 come on. No, let me, I'm going to explain it to you differently. Jesus just said it. Look, this, you want to be saved? Salvation is not about you. Salvation is about honoring God. The reason God saves you is so that you can glorify him. If he blesses you, that's great. If he takes everything you have, that's great. If he tells you sell everything you have, give it to the poor, do that because great will be your reward in heaven. You might not get nothing here on earth because this is not your home. This is a battlefield. And soldiers on battlefields, they don't build mansions and get BMWs and ride around as people getting shot. So if God blesses you, make sure you take what you have and use it to benefit others and glorify God. If he gives you nothing, you have pain and suffering, honor and glorify him in your pain. Now, this is what's going to happen. 90% of the people are like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I, I wasn't here for that. <laughs> and so what we see is churches in America are emptying out. They're like, no, what, what's, going, <laughs> what's going on here? Because like, at some point, all this, the prosperity messages, they just run out. It's like, no, I've been giving all my money. You know, I'm not getting a BMW. Like, you got a BMW. Something ain't right here. And so now people are just like, it's not working. It doesn't work. This stuff is fake. And so they are just, whoo. They out on Sunday just chillaxing, washing their cars, watching football. <laughs> With y'all minds on, they like, look, he, he, he going a little long today. <laughs> like, we got this game, got this game going on. Okay. Right? Or 
They just go to other religions. That's all. They go to other religions that where they get the benefits. Or what most people do is they, they hold on to their Christianity and they tell, like, I've been having a bunch of discussion with people. I don't I don't need religion to be have a relationship with God. I'm just spiritual. I'm like, girl bye. <laughs> nope. So so what's going to happen when you tell people that is that you see the real them. It's like, no, if I if I get no benefits, I'm not I'm not I'm not for that. You know? Or or as I said, um last last yesterday we talked about this in 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 a, uh in cell group, not this topic, but this this example. When you pray, why do we you know, why do we stop praying? It's oftentimes because God doesn't say yes. Right? When you spend time with God, is the bulk of your time that you spend with God asking God for something? God bless me. Let me have a good day at work today. Heal my 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 son. Do this, God. Do this. Do, 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 do. Then just get up and walk away. You don't sit and listen for God to speak. Why is it that it people, well, I don't have all day to sit in, so I only have a little bit of time, so I just pray and ask God for what I need? Well, if you only have a limited amount of time, why read why spend that time reading the Bible or praying? Why not just spend it in praise and worship to God? Why spend it getting something? I'm reading the word. I'm learning something from the word. I'm asking God for what I need. Why is it that that if, I'm sorry I had to use this example. I used this example yesterday, so I'm not bringing it up for any particular reason. Why is it that when church starts at 11 and the sermon starts at 1130, many of us walk in right before the sermon starts? To get the word, because getting the word is about who? Me. But prayer, praise, and worship is about God. So I can come in late and miss the part that's about God as long as I get the part that's about me. We fine. Does Job serve God for nothing? Why do we serve God? When, when you read the Bible, why do you? Anybody read the Book of Leviticus? Because I'm I'm about to I'm about to do a study in in um in like Leviticus 19 and, and there's a who who people I don't know what's in Leviticus. I don't understand Leviticus. We understand like chapter 42 of Job when Job gets twice as much as <laughs> blessings as he had before. Why we ain't reading Leviticus? Why we ain't reading Deuteronomy? We got Ephesians down though. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And we got we got all of those prosperity verses. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Right? We got we got Deuteronomy 28 down. What about Deuteronomy 1 through 27? The whole way we go about doing Christianity has nothing to do with God. That's the problem. And that's why the world is like, I'd rather be a Muslim. Why? 
Well, where's all, where are all the black men? Why are they all in Islam? Because Islam gives them something they can commit to. And we're so wishy-washy in the church. Like, I'm not going to commit my life to something if you're not willing to commit your life to it. Why do we serve God? All right, y'all got to go watch the Ravens play. <laughs> so, Job is about every single one of us, right? It's, it's about what true religion is all about. Why am, I, why am I serving God? That's what every single chapter of the book of Job is, is, is trying to get at. Job, why do you serve God? Do you serve God because you want these benefits back? Or do you serve God just because you love him, whether or not he ever blesses you? Now, it's great that God gave Job these blessings at the end. Okay, um, He didn't have to do that. Um, and, and for most of us, we're not going get to get these blessings in our lifetime. Okay? But guess what? You got a mansion waiting for you in heaven. <laughs> I'm in with this example, and then, I, um, and then we'll pray. Um, there was an event that was taking place. <laughs> there was an event that was taking place at, um, at uh, a church I used to attend. And... And um, they had people that were serving and, and doing stuff uh, for this particular event. And uh, the pastor at this particular church came in to thank everyone for everybody for serving and things like that. And he said, um, uh, I wish I had money to pay you, but I'm going to pray that God puts it on your heavenly account. Yeah. And I never forget there was this one particular person. She, always, she, was, she was the most hilarious person. She was like, I ain't worried about my heavenly account. I want it right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, of course, both of them were joking, right? But isn't that oftentimes our mindset? God has so much stuff waiting for us on our heavenly account. We aren't concerned about that because we want this right now. And we are so distracted by the things that we want right now, we're missing the point. The point is the treasure is not the stuff. Listen, salvation is not our greatest treasure. Salvation is only a means to an end. The end is seeing God's face. I mean, that's the whole point. He says, they will see my face. That's, that's all salvation is about, that we get to see God. Look, everybody, like, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I want to see my grandmother who passed away, and my mother is there. And listen, I, all, I love all my, I, my three grandparents that are there, my uncles that are there, all my, my family be there, like, if, if they run up to me to greet me when I walk through the gate, y'all got to wait a minute. Ho, ho, ho. I'm not here for y'all. <laughs> right? I got a long time to talk to y'all. I'm not here for y'all. 
I want to see his face. After I see his face, you know, oh, man, I missed y'all. <laughs> right? But, but, but I got to see him first. That's what salvation is about. If, you, if, if your salvation is based on, I don't want to go to hell, you have missed the whole point. <laughs> because not going to hell is not what God saved us for. God saved us so that we, they will see my face. I will be their God and they will be my people. That's all, that's all this life is about. And if he gives us nothing, if he, if God forbid, he turns the whole events of the world around so that we move back to the first century where they're taking Christians and feeding them to the lion, dipping them in wax and, 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 and putting them up on the wall and setting them on fire as candles. If they start doing all of that again, our job is to endure that. Now, I don't think we're going to endure it the same way they did in the first century, you know, because they're going to have to come past a couple of my friends first. Y'all know who my friends are. But, <laughs> but you know, once I run out of my friends, then we're going to talk about, you know. <laughs> right. But will you, if they say, look, we're going to feed you to the lions if you don't turn away from your faith in God. Like, look, all the blessings are up. Ain't no more prosperity. Ain't no more BMW. Where Creflo at? <laughs> oh, they got him too. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> You gonna, you, you gonna, you gonna turn away from God, or are you going to stand firm? That's the the the, the issue. The blessing is not material stuff. The blessing is seeing God, and so that's why the, the question is throughout the book that that Satan is asking of God. And that we have to answer for ourselves is why do we serve God? Are we serving him for his benefits or are we serving him because we see him as the all important purpose of life? It says, um, what psalm is this? I hate when stuff comes to my mind and then I don't research it, look it up to find where the verse is. I have all these scriptures running around my head. Your loving kindness is better than life. His love is better than life. If, if, I, if I have to give up my life or give up the love of God, I should gladly give up my life instead of giving up God's love. That's where all of us have to be. And the truth is, none of us are there. I'm not there. <laughs> I, know I, I know I'm not there. Sometimes... God, look, you know, I need, I need, I need you to answer this prayer like this, you know, and then when he don't, I'm like, I ain't even reading the Bible today. <laughs> I'm on protest, and then Saturday coming like, oh shoot, I gotta get my sermon together. <laughs> but look, uh, you know, as we are, remember the, the whole point of this, and I'm gonna stop. The whole point of us going through the Book of Job is to apply the stuff that we have read in the book of James, right? It's, it's, it's looking at 
practical application on the principles we learned in James. So when he talks about enduring tests, enduring trials, how you treat people, even if God doesn't answer you, how are you going to respond, right? Endurance, well, this, we, we're watching it play out in Job's life. We can cry, we can complain, we can murmur, God, why are you doing this to me? All of that is within the bounds. Just don't walk away. Okay? Just, just don't walk away. Wrestle with God in your pain, but don't turn your back on him. Father, we thank you today for allowing us to come again and to spend time reading your word, discussing these things. I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we um, apply these things. Because the truth be told, all of us struggle with the things that is, uh, we'll be seeing in the book of Job. All of us struggle. At points in time in each one of our lives, Lord, we are only serving you for the benefits that we receive. We don't openly say that. We don't always recognize that's what we're doing. But, but Lord, we are a flesh. We need things. And so oftentimes we come to you just for what we need. And we don't take the time to spend with you just because of who you are. I pray, Lord, that you would keep working in our hearts and in our minds. Help us as we look at the life of Job. Help us to see ourselves in the story. Help us to consistently ask ourselves in, in each day and in each circumstance, why am I serving God? It, am I serving God just for him to answer my prayer? Or am I serving him even if he says no? Just because of who he is. I pray, Lord that you would help us to see you as our all-glorious treasure. You are the goal of all of our lives. You are the goal of eternity. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to start living our lives totally focused on you now because that's what life will be like in eternity. Lord, I pray that you would Keep working with us. Help us to know that we all will, will fall and we all will fail. And sometimes we will wrestle with you and sometimes we'll complain. Sometimes we'll cry. Sometimes we'll step over the line and we'll accuse you of things that's not in your character. And yet you will never throw us away. What you long to do is the same thing you did with Job. You want to reveal yourself so that we can see you for who you are and even in our pain, have a more intimate relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that that becomes the desire of each one of our hearts. We thank you now, Lord, for all these things, asking that you would give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we read through Job and as we look through Job um, on our own and in church. Um, open our eyes so that we can not just see Job's relationship with you, but that we can see our relationship with you more clearly. We thank you now for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.